chapter 1. I want to share with you, Pastor Art commissioned me to share with you a Christmas message because tis the season. And I want to talk to you a little bit about the story of Christmas from the perspective of Joseph. And today's message is all about expecting God to do something great, even when it isn't what you were expecting. So I want to share a message with you that I'm calling expecting. And it's really a play on words because in our story today, we see that Mary, the mother of Jesus, was expecting. She was pregnant. And so when Mary was expecting, it wasn't what Joseph was expecting. And so would you, before we get into God's word, turn to someone around you and tell them, you look like you're expecting. Tell them you look like you're expecting. And let's pray and ask God to bless this time that we have to be together. Lord, I just thank you so much for this opportunity we have once again to open your word. Lord Jesus, thank you for saving us from the power of sin. Thank you for saving us from the penalty of sin. And thank you that in eternity we will be saved from the presence of sin through your Son, Jesus Christ. May we see you clearly from the pages of your word, our Bibles today. And we, your church, are here to hear from you. And so I ask God that you would speak to each and every single one of us today the message that you would want us to receive. We pray that you would bring personal application to our lives wherever we are at with you. And that you would give us what we need to receive from you this day by your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Have you ever gone into something expecting it to be one thing and it worked out a completely different way? Where you get to the point where you say, this wasn't what I was expecting. Maybe that happened to you today when you showed up to church and Pastor Art wasn't here and said, you're stuck with me. And you're like, this isn't what I was expecting. It happened to my wife with the first five years of marriage. It wasn't what she was expecting. And even a few Christmases ago, on Christmas morning, it didn't work out like she was expecting. You see, my wife, Morgan, was asking for a particular gift. It was a jacket, a particular jacket, in a particular color, and in a particular size. And to keep me from messing it up, it came with photo samples and examples of where to get it. For I made it, or she made it foolproof where I couldn't mess it up. And so... Instead of getting that for her this Christmas, I decided, well, I knew something that she would want more. A different jacket, in a different color, in a different size. Well, because she was pregnant at the time, and so I got it in a larger size so that she could wear it while she was pregnant. You don't have to laugh at me, I know, it wasn't a smart idea now. And I saved it for the last gift because... Well, in my family, we have a tradition where we give the biggest, best gift last. We kind of work up to the final gift. And so she sat down, and I presented her with this beautifully packaged 
nicely made a bow on her lap. She looked at me like, Brennan, you finally figured it out. I looked at my kids like, this is what a man looks like. And I knew, because I already played through the scenario in my head, I knew how it was going to go down. I knew exactly how it was going to work out. She would rip open carelessly the meticulous package that I had wrapped. She would open the box and lift this jacket out of the box, and she would see it. And when she saw it, she would realize, this is what I never knew I always wanted. And at that moment, overcome with emotion and joy, she would start this soft, romantic sob. And at that point, she would say, this is too much. In which I would reply to it, nothing is too much for you. You are everything to me and more. And at that moment, I would nuzzle her as she would continue to romantically sob, overcome with joy of this amazing gift. And I would look at my children and say, this is how you do it. Well, you could say it wasn't how she expected it to work out. Safe to say it wasn't how I expected it to work out either. She ended up returning that gift that year and got the jacket she ended up wanting. Sometimes things don't work out like we had expected them to work out. Sometimes in life we go into something and it's not what we expected it to be. There's times in our lives where God doesn't meet our expectations, but I want us to see today how God doesn't always meet our expectations because God wants to exceed our expectations. And that's what we see in our story today in Matthew chapter 1. It's the story of Jesus being born. But I want to look at it from the perspective of Joseph, a different perspective. Because Joseph doesn't get a lot of attention in the Christmas story. You know, Jesus, of course, gets all the attention because it's about Jesus. Mary gets some attention because she's the mother of Jesus. The wise men get some attention because they traveled from a really far land. But Joseph, he's not really talked about that much in the Christmas story. And and we all don't give Joseph that much attention. And just to prove that to you, you know, Jesus goes missing in in your nativity scene on your mantle. Well, the nativity is a waste. It's... It's useless. Joseph goes missing in the nativity scene? No big deal. Just take a shepherd or a wise man. He's replaceable. And so in the story, Joseph doesn't get so much attention. But I want to look at this story from Joseph's perspective. Let's take a look. Because as Joseph was engaged to be married, things didn't work out like he was expecting. But God did something greater than he could have ever expected. It's Matthew chapter 1 beginning in verse 18. It says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, that is physically, intimately, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Now in that culture, in that day, parents would arrange their children's marriage. Now, as I have a young five-year-old beautiful daughter, I think that's an excellent idea for parents to arrange their children's marriage. I just didn't think it was an excellent idea when I wanted to marry my wife and my father-in-law thought it was an excellent idea that he should be the one to arrange his daughter's marriage. But in that culture today, or in that day, 
It was the parents' responsibility to arrange their child's marriage. So you better believe the kids would behave. You know, the kids would know the, the power that the parent would have. You know, the child says something disrespectful. The parent says, you better watch your mouth or you're going to end up with ugly Betty for the rest of your life. And so you know the children would behave because the parents would have the responsibility to choose the person that that child would spend the rest of their life with. So as the parents of the children would agree, sometimes even at a young age of the child, the children would be promised to each other. But then one year before the marriage, the couple would enter into what's called a betrothal period of time. It's kind of like our engagement except they would be legally married together in the eyes of the law, but they would not come together and consummate their marriage physically. They would remain apart physically to learn about each other and grow emotionally. And so Mary and Joseph were this in this period of time in their marriage. They were legally married, but not yet together in the betrothal period of time. And now Joseph finds out Mary, his fiance, is pregnant. Now imagine if you were Joseph. And you know you've honored your fiance. You, you, you've been pure in the eyes of the Lord. You've, you've respected her physically. You, you've done what's right before God. And then all of a sudden, your, your fiance comes to you. And, and so Mary comes to Joseph and she says... <laughs> Hey, Joe, I got something to tell you. I'm pregnant, but it's not what you think, Joe. It's God. Could you imagine being Joseph at that time? I'd be like, girl, you have done lost your mind. Peace out. You know, like Joseph had what no man had ever gone through before, his woman now comes to him and says, I'm pregnant. Could you imagine the pain and the sorrow that Joseph would have gone through in that moment? The, the pain and the anguish of the person that he wanted to spend the rest of his life with now feeling betrayed by her, not understanding really what took place. And so Joseph now had a decision to make. What he would do because it was safe to say it wasn't what he was expecting. When Mary told him she was expecting, it wasn't what he was expecting. And so then Joseph, watch his response in verse 19, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make a public spectacle or example out of her, was minded to put her away secretly. Now, when Mary came to Joseph and said, I'm pregnant, he had two options in his mind. One option, he could make a public spectacle out of her in which he would charge her with adultery. And so then the leaders of that community would drag her out of her home, take her to the court area of the community, place her in a box filled with dung up to her knees, and then they would begin to stone her until she was left unconscious, face down in a pile of fresh dung. That was what 
culturally they would do in that time if she was charged with adultery. Or Joseph had a second option he could do. He could put her away quietly. He had legal grounds to break off the betrothal because she's now pregnant. It's obvious she's been unfaithful. And so Joseph, being a just man and truly loving her and caring her, didn't want to make a public spectacle out of her, but decided just to put her away quietly, secretly. And so he was planning to go that route. But, verse 20 says, while he thought about these things, while he was considering his two options, at that time an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And the angel says this, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And verse 21 says, and she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, Joseph was thinking about his two options charge her with adultery, or put her away quietly. And God comes in now with a solution that Joseph didn't even see as an option. Marry her. And that's how God often works. Oftentimes when things don't work out like we expected, we, we view our options. What are my options how do I fix this problem? How do I reconcile this relationship? How do I make things right? What are my options? And when we think about these things and try to figure it out, oftentimes we miss out on seeing what God could do supernaturally because we are viewing the situation physically, practically, through our own eyes. And God would say to us today the same thing that God gave a message to Joseph in, it would be, if you would only obey me, you will see me do something that you didn't even know was an option. You see, when we look at our options, when things don't work out like we expected, we wonder, what are my options? If you're going through a financial difficulty, what are my financial options? If you're going through a relationship difficulty, what are my relational options? If you're going through something in your life, you're, you're wondering what is the solution to the problem. And God says to you and me today, if we would only obey him, we will see him do something that we never even expected or knew that he would do. When we obey him and stay close to him and follow him in his plan, we will find that there is an option we didn't even know was an option. Now, the situation might not be what you had expected, but the outcome is going to be far greater than anything you could have ever expected. Joseph didn't expect his wife or his fiance to be expecting but God exceeded his expectations. God doesn't always meet your expectations. I hope you realize that in, in the plans that you have, God's not always going to meet your expectations. Because if God always meets your expectations, then he can't ever exceed your expectations. 
And God doesn't want to meet your expectations because God wants to exceed your expectations. That's what Ephesians 3.20 declares. It says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could even ask or think, according to the power that works in us. We ask God, why, why this? Why am I still single? Why am I going through this financial difficulty? Why is this relationship strained? And we ask God, why, why aren't you meeting my expectations? I didn't think it was going to work out this way. But God would say, if I met your expectations, then I could never exceed your expectations. And what I will do if you simply obey me in what I'm calling you to do. I understand that life doesn't always work out like we expected. You didn't expect to be let go in 2020. But God would say, if I didn't ever get you out of that place and you never left that place, I wouldn't be able to bring you to the place that would be so much better for you and better than you could have ever expected. Maybe you didn't expect to be single still relationally, but God would say, if you settled for what you were expecting, then how could I ever be able to give you the person that would be beyond what you could expect? Maybe you didn't expect to lose your home, but God would say, if I never moved you from there, I could never bring you to the place that I want to bring you to. And even in a live Christian fellowship, there might be things in the future of the church that maybe you weren't expecting, but God would say, I want to do beyond and above anything and everything you could ever think or imagine. God wants to exceed your expectations. So when things seem like they're falling apart, you have to realize with God, they're actually falling into place. You can tweet that. You can hold on to that. You can take that one to the bank. Because things in our perspective, like Joseph, my fiance is pregnant. How is this going to work out? It seemed like things were falling apart. But it was actually falling into place because it was always a part of God's plan. It's always a part of the plan. Even when you don't understand the plan, you don't have to see it to know that God is in it. How do I know that it was always a part of the plan? We'll look at verse 22 and 23. So all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold... The virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. It wasn't what Joseph was expecting for Mary to be expecting. But over 800 years earlier, God, through the prophet Isaiah, would speak to the people and say, in the future... I will provide a savior, someone who will save the world from their sins. And he will be born of a virgin. It says the virgin shall be with child. 800, over 800 years earlier. And to put that in perspective, our country is not even 250 years old yet. Our entire history of the United States. And so you realize 800 years 
God had already had a plan at the time he would exactly do what he said he would do. It was always all a part of the plan. And so when things aren't working out like you expected them to work out in your home, in your finances, in your marriage, in your health, in whatever you might be involved in, in your church, in your ministry, whatever it might be, you have to still know that God is working it out to accomplish his perfect plan that he had planned all along. God promises, doesn't he, that he will work all things together for good, for those who love God and are called according to his purposes. That is when you're obedient to him and living for him, his purpose for your life, his plan for your life will be fulfilled. But it's when you are living for him and obedient to him. Joseph could have said, you know what, this is crazy. I must have had some bad pizza last night because I had a weird dream. But Joseph submitted himself to the plan that God had. And when he did, he saw things work out greater than he could have ever expected. Although things might not always work out like you expect them to work out. Keep looking to God expectantly. Knowing that better things are going to happen. It's going to work out just like God said it would. God would say, if you just walk close to me, you just live obediently to me, I will give you an option that you didn't even know as an option. I will show you what you never knew I could do. I call this the parting of the Red Sea. Because throughout the Bible, God often gave people an option that they didn't know was an option when they were obedient to him. And throughout the Bible, you see the same thing happen over and over and over again. You see it in the life of Moses, who was sent by God to deliver the people of Israel out of bondage in Egypt. And so Moses begins to lead them to the promised land from Egypt, a little bit north and, and a little bit west, you would get to the promised land, the land of Canaan. But Moses takes the people south, which is almost in the opposite direction of where Moses was supposed to go, because that's where God told him to go. And so Moses keeps going south until he gets down to this corner, surrounded by bodies of water on both sides, a place called Piahiroth. And so Moses is there, which would be a horrible place to be strategically, because if you were attacked by any enemy, you couldn't retreat. So Moses goes down and finally gets to that point and then begins to turn back up and lead the people back up north towards the promised land. And God stops Moses and says, no, go back to Piahiroth. That didn't make sense in any person's mind. Why go back there? It's a dead end. There's nothing happening there. There's no way to get to where we need to be if we go there. And Moses could have excused that as that doesn't make sense. But Moses was obedient to what God told him to do. And he went back down to Piahiroth. And I'm sure you've heard the story of Moses. As they were there camping in that place where God told them to be. 
the nation of Egypt began to pursue them, to slay them, to attack them. Because if they couldn't have them as their slaves, no one would have them. And they would not be allowed to live free. They were going to wipe them all out. No doubt inspired by the devil himself who always tried to wipe out the people of Israel, God's chosen people. But God protected them. And then God told Moses to do something. Go raise your staff up over the Red Sea. And I will make a pathway that you never knew as an option. And that day God parted the Red Sea and they walked across this pathway into the promised land where they would be protected. Moses never saw that as an option. Moses didn't know the next chapter what was going to happen. Moses didn't know that God was going to part an ocean because that had never been done before. But Moses was obedient to what God called him to do. And when Moses obeyed what God called him to do, Moses saw a pathway open to him that he never even knew as an option. See, the crossing of the Red Sea wasn't an option. But God often will do what he did for Moses. God will open doors that you would have never thought as even an option Simply when you obey what God is telling you to do. It might not make sense. Like for Moses going down to Piahiroth or for Joseph to marry his fiance. But when God says to do it, he has a pathway for you to walk. And then it goes on to say in verse 24 and 25. Then Joseph, being woken from sleep did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. And he took to him his wife and did not know her, that is, have an intimate relationship with her physically until she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. Joseph wakes up from this dream and he does exactly what God told him to do. Not what he expected, but he realizes what God is going to do is going to be so much better than I expected. Because Joseph said yes to God and was obedient to God, he received the greatest thing that could have ever happened to him. Imagine being the stepdad, if you will, of the Savior of the world. Joseph never knew what was going to happen. He didn't know God's plan, but he said yes to God. And when he said yes to God, I will follow you in what you're leading. I will follow you in what you're doing in my family, in my own life personally, and in my church, in ministry. God, I will follow you in what you're doing. And when you do, you will see God do something far greater than you ever expected God to do. But it's not always easy to say yes to God. For Joseph to take Mary as his wife, it would seemingly be admitting guilt to the community that wouldn't understand. The decision to take Mary, a pregnant woman, as his wife would mar his reputation who was known as a just man, a righteous man, a good man. No doubt he would be getting looks from people in the community. He would taint and forever stain his reputation in his community. He would be viewed differently socially. Joseph would be taking the blame 
of a sin that he never committed. It's not always easy to say yes to God. It's not always easy to do what God calls you to do. But you can be certain it's always going to be what is best. So Joseph obeys God rather than fearing what man might think. How important that is in our lives as well. When God calls us to do what he tells us to do, to obey God, doesn't matter what people think. It doesn't matter what people might say or how they might view it because I care more about what God thinks than what man might think. That might be true in some of your lives today in coming to church. Maybe you have family from a different religious background or that don't believe in God at all. And you make it a point and a priority to get up and get yourself to church in the morning because you know what, what, it's, what God calls you to do. And there might be people that say you're crazy or you're foolish for going to church simply just because you're stupid for believing in God. Or even in this season, people might say you're foolish for going to church and obeying what God calls you to do in a season like we're going through with the pandemic. You know it's ridiculous. You really shouldn't. But for whatever reason, how people view you for being obedient to God, you will find it's always better to obey God than live for what man might think. Because the crowd is fickle. The crowd changes. Jesus, when he rode in on a donkey, the crowd was shouting, Hosanna. Hosanna, as they laid palm branches down, which was a sign of royalty. It's what they would do for the king when he would enter in triumphantly from a great battle. They were recognizing Jesus as their king, as their leader on Sunday. But four days later on Good Friday, that same crowd was yelling, crucify him. The crowd changes. But what God calls you to do, living for him, that never changes. And so are you going to live for man and what they may think? Or are you going to be obedient to what God calls you to do? It's interesting that in our lives, some of the greatest opportunities in life come in a way that we didn't expect. At a time, often, that we didn't expect them to come. And the greatest things in our lives often happen from simple steps of obedience and saying yes to God. Throughout the Bible, that happened often, often where people would simply say yes to God, and God would do something greater than they could ever expect in a time that didn't expect it. I think of David when he killed Goliath. We all know David as a giant killer. But David was only there... Because his dad asked him to bring his brothers who were fighting in the army some food and some replenishments to deliver a care package. And so David was doing seemingly a meaningless task. But because he was simply obedient to do what he was asked to do, God used him in a greater way than he would have never expected to be used by God in. You might view your ministry that it seems meaningless what I'm doing. It doesn't seem like that big of a deal. But simply saying yes to God and being obedient in the small things, God will see that and reward you with greater thanks. 
Some of the greatest things in our life come at a time we didn't expect in a way that we didn't expect them. Just by simple obedience, David went on to defeat Goliath, the giant, and went on to be the greatest king who had ever lived because he simply said yes to God. Moses, who we talked about, who delivered the people out of Egypt, he was tending sheep, but God called him, and he was obedient to the call. When Peter was fishing, Jesus, unbeknownst to Peter, yelled from the shore, said, throw your nets on the other side of the boat. Peter, who was an experienced fisherman, as he's coming into the shore from fishing all night and not catching one little fish, who knew the spots, who knew the fishing spots. He knew where to go, at what times to go to catch the fish because that's what he did in his whole entire life. And he had his own business doing it. He was a skilled fisherman. And now some guy that's not from these parts trying to tell me how to fish, he could have said, you don't know what you're talking about. And he did, kind of. He said, I've been fishing all night and I haven't caught anything. But... I'll do what you tell me to do. And he took the nets, picked them up out of that side of the boat, and he put them on this side of the boat. He could have think, this is the stupidest thing I've ever done in my life. The fish swim underneath the boat. It's like it's a different body of water. My boat's like four feet wide. There's not going to be any difference of my nets being on this side of the boat to this side of the boat. And those nets weigh a lot. So it would take a lot to pull the nets out of that side of the boat and put them in the other side. It would be a lot of work. Peter could have said, this is foolishness. This is ridiculous. But it was through the simple steps of obedience where Peter listened, put his nets on the other side of the boat, and they caught more fish than they've ever caught in their lives. The nets were overflowing with fish when they simply obeyed what God told them to do. The nets began to break because there were so many fish. And as they pulled the fish onto their boat, their boat began to sink from the weight of the fish that they caught. So they called the other fishermen over, their partners in business, and they said, Hey, you got to take some of this fish. Our boat's sinking. It came in a way that Peter no doubt expected. He didn't expect that to happen. At a time he wasn't expecting, during the day when you actually catch fish at night. But God often will work in a way that we didn't expect, at a time that we didn't expect, when we simply say yes to who he is. Some of the greatest moments in our lives, in our ministry, in the church, in our families, can happen not in the way that you expected them, but they can happen through a simple step of saying yes to God. My wife Morgan can tell you that's true. The greatest things in our life often come through saying yes because when I asked her to marry me, she said yes. And the greatest thing that's ever happened to her, me, uh, happened because she said yes. I say that. I'm kidding. Some of these ladies are judging me right now. I can't believe he would say that. When Joseph wasn't expecting Mary to be expecting, God was doing something greater than they were expecting. And today, the message is simple for you, church. We need to live our lives constantly expecting. Earlier, I told you to turn to someone and tell them, you look like you're expecting. You thought I was having them tell that person, you look like you're pregnant. That's not what I was saying. 
we as Christians ought to always live our lives expecting. Expecting God to do great things. Knowing that God has a plan. God's fulfilling his purpose. And even when things don't work out according to our plans, we can know that all things are working together to fulfill God's plans. The perfect plan for all those who are in Christ Jesus. So a live Christian fellowship, live for him, love him, obey him, and you can live your life expecting because God opens doors that you would have never thought as an option when you simply obey him and do what he is telling you to do. It might not be what you're expecting, but God doesn't always do what you're expecting because he wants to do far above what you ever expected. So live your lives expecting because God is going to do great things in Jesus' name. Do you believe that today? Amen. Let's pray. Father.